0: Hello everyone and welcome to the One Nerd and One Jot College Football Talk Podcast. As always, my name is RJ, and joining me as a man who enjoys a good victory cigar and throwing a goalpost into a river, it's Mark. Mark, how
1: you doing? I'm doing great. Talk about reliving past memories. I mean the fact that they executed that as a celebration is by far one of the best things I've I've heard of in the in the near or recent future.
0: Well, and did you see the I believe it was a video of someone asking Tennessee's president after the goalposts had come down, and they were like, "How much is that going to cost?" And with cigar in mouth in the press box, he goes, "I don't care. We'll do it every year."
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I it's funny too because I, I think I saw a uh, I saw a couple different posts of them asking for donations to help (laughs) replace them. So I do think it's a little bit funny that, you know, they say they'll do that every year, but then now they're going to turn around and ask for donations (laughs) to get it fixed.
0: Oh, you know, that some rich donor that just hates Alabama is going here. Yeah. We'll do this every year. Just, just, you know, writing it off as a uh, tax deductible donation right there.
1: I mean, talk about a memory and talk about a tradition. I mean, to be honest, I think this one, now that it's happened twice, I think it will go down in lore and it'll be talked about, I mean, almost every year.
0: Well, apparently they always do the cigars after a victory versus Alabama. It's just been 15 years since they've beat Alabama. Yeah. So,
1: But the goalpost in the river, uh, that's what I was talking about. I mean, they, oh, yeah, they've yeah, done yeah. it one that's, other time. That's awesome. So the fact that they, they relived that memory after talking about it and talking about it and... A lot of people saying that they had no real, real chance of winning that game with Bryce Young playing and for them to to win and then to celebrate that way. Gotta love it.
0: Uh, Yeah, that that was an awesome game to watch. Um, For people that don't like college football, exhibit A of of why we do and why we think it's the best sport on the planet. So let's, let's go ahead and get into our opening kickoff before we get ourselves too wrapped up in the um, Tennessee Alabama game. And uh, I'll go ahead and get us kicked off. I- I've got I've got two for this week. I've got two. The first one is there is a zero point zero 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 percent chance that we will see the four best teams in the college football playoff this year because they are from two divisions in football, and I don't think there is any way that we get not one but two conferences in two divisions with two teams in the college football playoff.
1: I'd like to see it. I mean, I think every year we've challenged the committee to put everything aside and to pick the four best teams, take politics aside, take feelings aside. Who do we think are the top four teams? And so far, I think they've got it right. I don't really think there's been a year where they really got it wrong. So, I mean, I would love to see it. I would love to see them pressure them, love to see them actually sit down and make the human decision, which is the whole reason they have the committee. And for them to put in the top four teams, whoever those top four teams are, and I don't really care what conference they're they're from, uh, what division they're from, what part of the country they're from, what their wins, what their losses. If we can truly argue that they're the top four teams, I hope they find their way in.
0: Yeah, I'm i I'm, I'm with you. I I would love to see the the four teams that I think are the best in the country in the playoffs. That's it. I just I, I can't see it happening. My my other takeaway, and, and this is an actual takeaway from this week, you know, not a not a total overreaction, is that home field advantage is alive and well. Only six. Do you know how many road teams won? Zero. Yep, zero. Zero of the six ranked versus ranked road teams won this week. Home field advantage, alive and well. Now, now that I've got us kicked off, what what are your takeaways from this week?
1: I mean, uh, one of my favorite overreactions that I've, I've been riding on really high lately is Hooker for Heisman. I think a big win like that, a big moment like that, I think kind of puts you onto the top. I think a lot of people have had C.J. Stroud as kind of that uh, guaranteed Heisman, and he's been at the top of the mountain, and Bryce Young is kind of chomping at the heels, but still not really quite there. And, and then one tier below is like Hooker and all of the rest of the guys, and maybe Hooker climb that mountain maybe he's sitting next to cj stroud or maybe he asked cj stroud to hold something for him
0: i'll uh you know i'll 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 jump on that bandwagon of, of hooker for heisman i definitely think that after this past week he's gotten that signature win so now it's just about continuing to put up good numbers playing well in big games and then of course uh you know staying healthy and and keeping his team From dropping a bunch of games.
1: Yeah. And one of the other things that I kind of took away from this week, I think you kind of hinted at it, but I'll kind of put it out a little bit more up front. There was a lot of upsets, a lot of upsets, a lot of ones that definitely caught me by surprise that I wasn't expecting some that I kind of was expecting. And I may or may not have called Tennessee, Tennessee, but uh, anyway, I think it would be interesting if maybe we sat down and, and ranked a little bit of the upsets and which ones shocked you the most. Uh, maybe even do like the top three or top five.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a good, uh, definitely a good, fun little exercise. And, and yeah, let's go ahead and get into our top five most surprising upsets of the week um, in lieu of kind of our typical recap, I think, because there were a bunch of upsets a bunch of really interesting upsets and you you said it caught us by surprise my record this week was abysmal uh, i went 4 and 11 on the week uh pretty 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 bad uh you you uh, managed to get just over the 500 market 8 and 7 but overall I, those upsets just absolutely killed us and of course none of the three upsets according to Vegas, that we chose. So naturally, of course. But yeah, let's let's go ahead and rank our top five most surprising upsets. We'll go in traditional fashion, of course, five to one. And um, you want to get started or you want me to, to tell you where I'm going first?
1: Yeah, let's. Uh, I'll have you kick it off. I'm interested to see where you think. Because, uh, I mean, some of these, the, uh, we might actually be very different on these because I, I felt pretty confident about a couple of these.
0: Yeah, I I think most surprising is a very, I would say, subjective term. Uh, And for that reason, my number five most surprising upset was TCU over Oklahoma State this week. I'd have to go back and look at my notes to see what, what Vegas was projecting this one at. But, of course, TCU, the lower ranked team, I thought Oklahoma State was probably the class of the Big 12. I think I even said I'm looking forward to this one being the big 12 title game with Oklahoma state being on top. I got that one a little bit wrong. Of course, double overtime. I'm never going to sit here and go, Oh, I got it. Totally. You know, I was totally off base, but uh, surprised to see TCU come out and get the win. Not overly surprised, obviously, but a big win for TCU. So very surprising to me. And I think we've kind of underrated them all year, Uh, kind of been very quietly under the radar. Uh, I think we'll, kind of talk about them in the same category as I think my number one upset too. But where are you going with five?
1: You know, I started off saying that we might be very different and turns out we're not on this one. Uh, I've, I have that as at least shocking. Uh, I felt pretty strong about TCU. Uh, I did end up picking them in. Max Duggan's been really coming on strong. Dugan Duggan, you know the deal. I'm going to call him a game manager. He's going to show out. He's going to keep playing well. So ride the hot hand. That one was definitely the I think Max for Heisman. Yeah, Max for Heisman. Max for Heisman. I like it. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, you're right. I mean, double overtime, I definitely think it was a barn burner. It was actually closer than I probably would have thought, only because I thought TCU's defense would have had a little bit more of an edge on uh, the Oklahoma State team.
0: Yeah, very, very... I I think something that we're going to talk about a lot is a lot of these games, very high scoring games, and of course that game... No no different there. So my number four, uh, I actually went out of the top 25, uh, but I have Old Dominion beating the previously undefeated Coastal Carolina. Uh, That one surprised me a little bit, not necessarily because I'll say not necessarily because Old Dominion won, but more so it was the manner of how they won and the, I guess, kind of the uh, margin by which they won. Of course... The Chanticleers were, were undefeated going into this one and they lost fairly handily. Um, I'm trying to pull it up again because I, of course, forgot to write down the score. But I want to say that they lost by three or so touchdowns. Yeah, 49-21, so actually closer to four scores. So uh, very, very surprising to me. And it was the margin there.
1: That one might have been so surprising that I didn't even watch it or know about it, so there's that. And I'm normally a Grayson McCall fan, so now I kind of feel bad. Uh, but anyway, my number four McCall
0: showed out though 3:58 on through the air. So that's good. Don't know that it was on him. I want to say that Old Dominion's running back I saw actually ended up setting some type of record for them.
1: So they got to work on their uh, rush rush defense then.
0: Yes, yes, clearly.
1: Yeah, but then number four on my list uh, is actually the game that we've kind of hinted at a few different times was Bama-Tennessee. I think that was a game that uh, was a little bit shocking, only in the sense that Alabama's Alabama. If you take that fact away and you take the legacy of Alabama out of it, looking at a Bryce Young that, even if he did play, he probably wasn't going to be 100%, that defense has been shaky, especially in the secondary, and Hendon Hooker's been playing well. I mean... We heard some of the stats when we broke down the game last week. I mean, he was first in a couple of them, top 15, top 20. I mean, QBR through the roof. I mean, he's a hell of a player, and I think he played his ass off. So I think that's awesome. And I didn't really – I kind of saw it coming. Again, I picked Tennessee. It was hard to pick against Saban, but that one surprised me, but not not a ton.
0: So I actually don't have that game on my list, even though – even though I probably should, because I did pick Alabama in that game. And the reason why is we've seen Alabama be kind of vulnerable this year. And I mentioned it last year. Traditionally, when Alabama does get beat in conference play, it is to a mobile quarterback who is able to beat you with multiple weapons. That's that's Hendon Hooker. That's, that's literally the description of him. So even though I picked Bama because I thought that Bryce Young was going to show up. And, and I mean, he did, he had the better game statistically speaking, but I was, um, yeah, I, I, I'm not overly stunned by it. So I ended up leaving them off my list. I've been talking a lot though. So who do you have at number three?
1: So then I, uh, I, I, pretty much kept with all the ranked games for these, but uh, I have the Oklahoma versus Kansas game.
0: Okay. Okay, another one that I don't have, I thought about leaving it on there. The only reason that I left it off was because Oklahoma got Dylan Gabriel back and Kansas, I believe, was playing without... um,
1: Jalen Daniels.
0: Let's see. Yeah, yeah, Jalen Daniels. Jalen, Jaden, JT, Jeremiah, doesn't matter, Daniels. Um, So that's why I actually ended up leaving this one off, just because I... I find it hard to call it a really shocking upset when one team is playing without their star quarterback.
1: I don't know, but you look at what Kansas was able to do without the star quarterback in the third and fourth quarter in the game against TCU. I mean, yeah, they they missed a step, but they didn't miss a ton of steps. And Oklahoma, to me, has not looked like maybe the Oklahoma the last couple of years under Lincoln Riley. So started to smell kind of like the the old Oklahoma, the kind of there, kind of not there in the in the Big 12. And uh, that's why I kind of thought it was an upset. You know, you know obviously numbers-wise it was, but then more game-wise too, I really kind of thought Kansas was going to find a way to keep their season rolling on a high note. I thought Bean would find a way to kind of throw some touchdowns like he did in that game against TCU. And I thought Oklahoma's defense was there to be exposed. I mean, obviously – The game against Texas, you know, Texas putting up 49. Quinn Ewers is a damn good quarterback, but I don't know. I thought Kansas would be able to capitalize on that a little bit more. And I think they did at times, just not consistently.
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously Kansas putting up 42 points here, not the issue with their offense. Uh, But so, so for me, like I said, I just, I I really considered putting that one up there. Another one that kind of just fell off the list for me because of the quarterback issue. Um, And at number three, I actually, talking about quarterback and and, uh, former Oklahoma coaches and and quarterbacks, I actually had Utah upsetting USC as my number three most surprising. The reason being, we've talked about how it seems like Utah and Cam Rising have been kind of struggling this year and not really showing up to these big games uh, USC seemed to be getting on a roll early this year, and so for me to see USC lose was just a little bit surprising to me, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. That's actually why I'll just jump into it there. That's my number two upset. I thought that one was was really shocking to me, uh, mostly because I was really high on Caleb Williams. I felt like he was also kind of in that Heisman talk and a little bit disrespected so far. And I think a lot of it has to come kind of from the resume that USC had. They hadn't really played any like top talent, and they did struggle in Corvallis. So I could definitely see how some people could see this one coming, seeing how they had to go to Utah. And I think Vegas did call this one. I think Vegas actually had Utah as the favorite. So, I mean... There was definitely signs out there for that game to turn out this way. I just definitely thought USC and Lincoln Riley had something cooking there. So I that this one definitely caught me off guard, especially too when we broke it down and we were talking about Cam Rising how he's kind of failed to to show up in those big games. I kind of thought this was going to be another one of those moments.
0: Yeah, I, I and that's why it's it's number 3. I think the, the reason it's not higher is because I do looking back on it, which hindsight's 2020, 20, I think that You know, USC was probably a little overrated just because they hadn't quite played the competition that I think they we were kind of giving them credit for. Um, But yeah, Utah, obviously, finally showing up to to a big game here, getting the win It was my number three, your number two, my number two. However, we're going back to an unranked team beating a ranked team. And I've actually got Georgia Southern over James Madison as my number two most surprising upset. Uh, The main reason is because that James Madison team and that offense has just been absolutely on fire this year. Kind of been the Cinderella fairy tale of the year. And so it's very, I'll I'll say surprising, but probably the more realistic word for it is probably maybe more disappointing uh, upset for them especially with James Madison taking the lead with about two and a half minutes left to go 38, 37, and then giving that lead back up within a minute and a half, uh, and then not being able to finish. So really good game there. If you missed it, I actually did miss it too, but just looking through it, you know, big, big, uh, surprise for me. So I think that leaves us with one game apiece and, I think I might know where you're going with this one, um, especially for, since I think it might be the same one as me, but uh, who you got at your number one upset of the week?
1: Again, sticking with kind of that ranked mindset, uh, I got Kentucky versus Mississippi State. I mean, that one blew my mind.
0: Oh, see? And I thought that was one of the less surprising ranked versus ranked upsets from this week. I've got a different ranked versus ranked in the ACC. So I've got Q s over NC State. Go ahead and tell me why you're so stunned with Kentucky over Mississippi State.
1: I mean, I don't know. Didn't we just break down? We, did we break down this game or we chatted about it? I mean, we I th-
0: definitely did.
1: I think both of us were, we were hand did. over foot on Mississippi State. So I'm a little surprised that you're not shocked by this, especially when you have been a very notable and avid Kentucky hater.
0: The reason it's not in my top five is because of the fact that while I don't think that Kentucky is that great of a team, I understand that they have a very good defense. And Mississippi State, in the games that we have seen them lose, that offense has struggled to get going and struggled to put up a whole bunch of points. Kentucky's offense is serviceable enough where they can put up... Mid 20s or so, which is 27 is what they put up in this game. That defense was good enough to hold Mississippi State. And while, again, I think that that is a good offense, I don't necessarily know that it's anything out of this world spectacular. So uh, maybe this is another kind of hindsight's 2020 type thing. But for me, it's one of those where I'm like, okay, yes, I do think that Mississippi State is probably the better team. But I, to a certain extent, I don't think it was a good matchup for them. Um, and I, I think I talked about that in another game with uh, Kentucky previously about how that defense just creates a matchup problem for teams.
1: Yeah, but for the most, most part, a lot of really good offense, really good offense can counterbalance that. And that's what I expected in this game. I mean, to me, if you look at the line on this game, and in, in, even when we picked it, I mean, we were both confidently on Mississippi State. So, like, that's where I definitely see this as, as a true upset. I'm going to give you a hard time because Syracuse against NC State, I mean, a lot of people had Syracuse winning that game. Vegas had them winning that game. Uh, the quarterback didn't even start for NC State, Leary. So, I, I don't know. Like, that game, that game didn't shock me. Once I realized that Leary wasn't going to be able to go, and it was also, I think, at Syracuse, Yeah, I mean, I don't don't know. To me, that one doesn't really shock me, especially because it was kind of a back-and-forth when we picked it as well. Q's has been really hot. You take out the starting quarterback, which is really what NC State's been all about. That game doesn't really shock me too much. But I don't know. The Kentucky-Mississippi State, I still think hindsight being 2020. if I had to pick that game, I think I'd still only pick Kentucky maybe one out of ten times. I think Will Rogers is is normally better and good enough to beat a good defense. So I think that's interesting that that didn't happen. So that's why I picked that as more shocking to me.
0: Okay. I, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Um, I would say the main reason here is, I mean, part of it is just that, that spread was, or I guess the, the winning spread, the, the 24 to nine was larger than I was expecting. I was expecting it to be a very tight game. I expected NC State, again, to win this game we've... We talked about all the reasons why we think that that NC State team or why we, I guess we thought that that NC State team was going to come out and be kind of that second best team in the, in the ACC. And instead, I think that we've seen that it's definitely Syracuse that is that uh, second team in the ACC. And I think that actually sets up really nicely for uh, a game this week, I believe, that is of course Clemson versus Syracuse. Yeah, Cuse at Syracuse. Uh, yeah, Cuse at Clemson, not Cuse at Syracuse. Um, so I'm I'm really looking forward to that one. Any other games? I we've hit on a lot of games this already, or from this past week already. Are there any other games that you wanted to mention or get into a little bit more uh, depth on?
1: No, I actually think – I mean, that was most of the really good games from this slate, so I feel like we definitely touched on them all. I do want to ask you one one curious question. Is there, is there another team that we've chatted about and chatted about a few different times that you're more burnt by or more out on than NC State? Because I can't think of one. Ooh. Well, I mean, maybe Notre Dame, but uh,
0: – Notre Dame is its own case for me. Um but I would say, you, you don't think that you've been more burnt by Texas A&M?
1: I don't know, because we never knew. We never knew about Texas A&M. I mean, we thought we thought early. You were,
0: you were all in on them to start the season. I think you had them at, like, number four yeah, but to then, start the season.
1: Yeah, but then as soon as the season started, week one, week two, we're like, yeah, this team is not panning out to be that great. NC State, dude, we were still riding with them hard last week.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I think you're probably right about that. I would say they're, yeah, I I think they're probably the the team that is, to me, has been the biggest letdown this year. Which not saying that they've been a huge letdown. I still think they're they're a good team. I still think that they're going to beat most of the teams that they face. And I I don't know that I necessarily realized that Larry was out of that one.
1: No, nah, I I didn't notice until almost game time decision. Um, I mean, they were talking about on college game day and I actually almost uh, seen if we could do an audible on the, on the game picks, but I figured we would just ride with them. I mean, we picked them as puppies for a reason. So, I mean, it was still a good dog. Um, So still defense just could not come through in the end.
0: That Syracuse team, if nothing else, they have a good offense and NC state still only held them to 24. So that's, uh, I think that does say at least something about that team. Yeah.
1: And right before we but, get into like the the games coming up, just to recap a little bit too, uh, for those following along, I know RJ mentioned early in this podcast that there was a lot of scoring and we did end up going four and one on most of the over-unders that we were talking about. So still remains kind of our strength. So although we did kind of talk about our picks, maybe taking a little bit of a hit, uh, I still went three for three against the spread. So, some of the some of the conversations that we're having where we're really happy or really high on a on an over maybe maybe a good idea to to follow along if it's a outright pick or a against the spread you may want to fade us but hey i mean at the end of the day it's all good advice do whatever you want with it
0: except we did get our yeah because we we hit our over of the week um Jackson's pick of the week did not pan out at all uh, his his fight knee moves were um, they kind of forgot to get off off the bus out of the locker room, literally into the stadium. Uh, our Miami pick fell one point point short. I want to say, no, we didn't pick Miami. We picked um, we picked USC plus three and a half. So that one did hit. So we we did go two and two on our picks of the week this past week. So, hey, look at us. And overall,
1: I'm pretty sure those are still winners. And I, I still think we're still have a winning record. I'm thinking about maybe possibly we start switching it up now that we're starting to get a couple more followers on Twitter. Maybe instead of Jackson making the pick, maybe we open up the guest spot to maybe one of our listeners. So, again, if you're not following us on Twitter, make sure you do follow us. It's one nerd, one jock, CFP. Make sure you follow along. Make sure you show us some love, so we can show you some love back. And maybe we'll start getting our listeners involved and have them shout us out a pick—maybe a dog, maybe an over, maybe an under—you know, something to get our guests involved a little bit more on the Twitter page. I know we got a little bit of a message sent back to us by Frank this week, so maybe, uh, maybe we'll hit up Frank and see if he wants to give us a pick.
0: Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. So, uh. I think that pretty much takes us... Oh, I did have one more game that I wanted to mention from this week. A Ranked versus ranked. uh, One of the few that was not a fairly tight game, and that was Michigan 41, Penn State 17. Really surprised by that game. Really, really surprised. Uh, Not necessarily with how that one went, but again, with just the margin on that one. Uh, I think Michigan is starting to kind of open my eyes, and I mentioned it in my overreaction segment that uh you know i i think michigan tennessee ohio state and georgia would probably make a pretty pretty good um a playoff right there between the four of them or is but anyway, or is penn
1: state that bad i mean is clifford the big red dog is he really that good at qb
0: they were 10th going into the. i mean michigan michigan put it to him michigan put it bro to
1: rankings them. don't matter that's
0: my big thing well i that might be but it still drives me crazy that Bama is only sixth and Tennessee is only three now. There you go. That's a whole nother discussion. So let's get into our early week games for this upcoming week though. And uh, Mark, where do you want to start for, for this week?
1: Let's go with uh, a couple state teams trying to battle it out. Georgia state versus Appalachian state.
0: Okay. I like it. The first game of the and Hey, what do you know? We got another Wednesday night football you know, some some 7.30 on ESPN action between Georgia State going to App State. And, uh, you know, what, what are your thoughts on this one now?
1: I said it last week and I'll say it this week. Wednesday night football all the time. You know, when Tuesday night action starts, I don't get why we can't just have that all the time. I mean, let's get some of these lower teams playing in the middle of the week so we have nothing better to do than watch these guys play. That's what I'm probably most excited about. Georgia State. I think I watched maybe a quarter while they played uh, South Carolina with Spencer Rattler. That's about it. App State. I've watched them uh, a touch and go here. I am so excited though to tune in for four quarters of these teams.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. This one, even though App State almost an 80% chance of winning according to FPI and a 10-point favorite according to Vegas, I, I could not be more excited to watch these two teams face off against each other. And, uh, you know, I, I think they'll be exciting to watch them. I think that's a, a good way of putting it. That said, we've got two and four Georgia state versus three and three app state. Of course app state with the big story, uh, to start the season with the win over Texas A&M at Texas A&M and, uh, but Georgia state, going 2-0 and oh in their last two games at Army at Georgia or in versus Georgia Southern. Uh, I, I think this one will be interesting at the very least.
1: Yeah, I definitely think it'll be interesting. One of the things that I'm excited to watch is Appalachian State's quarterback, Chase Bryce. He is in the top 10 in the nation uh, with 18 touchdowns. So he can sling it. He can definitely score. He's pretty uh, lethal with the ball, too, uh, obviously, when you can start scoring 18 touchdowns and be in the same compare, comparable company to, you know, like a Will Rogers or a Hooker when you start getting into that top 10 uh, for, for touchdowns. It's, I mean, it's impressive.
0: Yeah. I think that's a big thing, but I think almost more impressive is he's throwing that many touchdowns, but only three interceptions on the year. So obviously taking care of the ball while also making some big plays, uh, you know, that's, that's a pretty big deal for me. So Appalachian state, 35 to 28 points per game versus uh, points allowed per game. Whereas Georgia state 29.8 versus 33.3. That's a lot of threes right there. Uh, I I think just kind of based on that, I talked about it last week. It always concerns me when a team is giving up more points than they're scoring. And that's, uh, you know, that's kind of where I'm going to stick with on this pick here I'm going to go with app state here. And uh, is that after my disasters last week, are you now going to just pick against me the whole time or are you going with that's
1: definitely a thought? Maybe fade RJ. No, no, I can't (laughs) do that. Uh, Mostly. I mean, it's kind of a a matchup nightmare a little bit. App state (laughs) likes to lean on the pass. Georgia state is weak against the pass. Give it up nearly 260 yards uh, per game through the air. So, Look for that matchup there. Again, we've already talked about Chase Bryce and how he likes to throw the ball. He's a good quarterback. App State likes to throw more than they like to run, so they have that going for them. And then you also look at App State's defense. I mean, they've played A&M, and they've played James Madison, who was just ranked. So they have a little bit of a a better quality uh, of teams that they've played and that their defense has been able to hold up against. So we'll look for App State to be able to handle this game on both sides of the ball.
0: Well, and James Madison's offense is still one of the top six in the country. So again, you know, they still lost that game, but 32 points given up, I think that, uh, you know, shows that they can at least slow these teams down, at least somewhat. So you're going App State, I'm going App State. Let's, uh, Let's move on to some... Games a little bit later in the calendar, and uh, you know, also maybe a little bit better in general. Where do you want to go on Thursday? We got two options. So who are you going to to f- put your attention on?
1: USA, USA, USA. Not not United States. Sorry, South Alabama State, baby.
0: All right, all right. I I love it. USA versus Troy. Uh, this one, 7.30 on ESPNU on Thursday, of course, so when you get tired of not watching anyone score on Thursday Night Football, you can turn this game over, or, well, you can turn this game on to watch a 5-2 team versus a 5-1 team. Troy is the underdog here, according to Vegas, as a uh, three-point dog. South Alabama is the fifty-eight point four percent chance of winning, according to FPI. What, what what catches your eye on this one? Since you're you seem to be so heavy on uh, USA.
1: Yeah, the biggest thing is I start looking at the quarterbacks. Um, obviously, whenever I kind of start breaking out a game or you know thinking through a college football game and how it's going to go, I like to I like to look at the quarterbacks. I think at this level, you you have to have a good quarterback, and really the team's going to follow the quarterback. They have similar yardage, uh, but Carter Bradley for USA has double the touchdowns and nearly half the INTs. So anytime you start looking at that kind of ratio, that gets a little bit of a nod for me. So Carter Bradley gets a little bit of a nod there. Then you also kind of look at USA's defense. uh, To still be under the 100-yard mark for yards against for rushing is impressive to me. You know, at this point in the game, that, that tells me that you were consistently holding opponents to under 100 yards. You know, it, when it was just one or two games, you can maybe sneak something there. But now we start getting into these upper weeks, and you're still able to, to post that number, that's impressive. So I like the defensive side, and that's playing a, that's a plain good team, too. I mean, they played UCLA, and they played UCLA really close. And they beat Central Michigan. So this team has played with some upper-level teams or teams they maybe shouldn't have played and shouldn't have beat. So I like that for them.
0: Well, and the thing that I like about this is I think it's going to be a shootout. Both teams giving up about 230 yards through the air. Uh, Both teams right around the 100 yards allowed uh, on the ground. And then you turn around and and look at their uh, offensive numbers. Both teams right around 300 yards passing. Uh, USA, well, about double the yards on the ground. Uh, Over under on this one is 47.5, and and I'm not really sure why it's so low, because I think it's going to be a shootout. I think that we're going to see two teams kind of sling the ball around. Uh, And the only thing that makes me a little bit hesitant on just absolutely hammering that over is that Troy's quarterback Watson, six touchdowns, seven interceptions. So obviously a little bit prone to turning over the ball and uh, maybe not the most confidence inspiring stat there. That said, I am going to stick with uh, USA here. Not least of all, because you have to stay with USA, right? Yes. Uh, But then on top of that, you know, I, I just, 36 points per game, 21 allowed for USA. Troy, 24 to 19. I just think that their offense is better. And like I said, I see this one kind of playing out as a shootout.
1: So, what I think is, I think we should asterisk this one. And this is RJ's first dead set over, huh? Maybe.
0: My first what? The first now? over
1: that you're confident in. Like that, like you want to put down your sword. No pun intended, Troy. I, I don't call know. <laughs>
0: I, I don't know. I think that there's been some other games that I've been pretty, pretty comfortable That's on. That's true. But, I mean, am, am I crazy for thinking that over-under is way too low in this game?
1: No, honestly, like, when I was looking at it, I was thinking the same thing. Uh, I'm a little bit more sketched out about it now, though, because it opened at 49. So, for the fact that it's dropping makes me really nervous. As somebody who does not watch these two teams regularly, it makes me wonder, what's going on? What yeah, we're missing. we gotta be missing something. So I'm a little bit.
0: Did we miss like one of the quarterbacks being injured or something? Yeah, I mean, or... I don't,
1: I don't have any notes about that. Like uh, I know there are some quarterbacks that had to leave games and stuff like that, and I don't have any notes on that for this. I didn't see anything out there on that. So I don't know if they're expecting good defense, and that's why it is. But I mean, I, I honestly, I'm starting to feel better and better about the over. So, uh yeah, I'll probably take the over in this one as well.
0: Yeah, I, I think the fact that it's dropping just makes it that more much more enticing for me. So, I'll go ahead and say I like that one, and uh, maybe just maybe that one will end up being our pick or one of our picks of the week. But we'll uh, we'll we'll keep you posted on that one. So that was our second game from this early window. We've got a couple games on Friday. We've got another game on Thursday. What uh what else do you want to talk about for this week? for this upcoming week why
1: don't we honor uh the new england patriots quarterback who just found a way to get a win in the nfl and let's talk about the old hilltoppers for western kentucky billy Zappi? we got you buddy
0: oh yeah let's let's uh go ahead and talk about this uab western kentucky game last spread that we talked about was three this one's a little bit tighter uab a two and a half point dog so western kentucky the two and a half point favorite of course 65.4% chance of winning via FPI over under 57. And uh, another one that I think we're going to see a bit of a shootout on. Western Kentucky putting up uh, 40 points per game, including 30 in a loss at IU in overtime. Uh, UAB putting up 34 a game. Uh, Nothing quite as uh, astounding as that IU won, but certainly able to put up some points for sure. What are your thoughts on this one, since you seem very excited to talk about Western Kentucky?
1: You know, I I love looking at some of these these, uh, lower-level teams or teams that you don't necessarily think of as great QBs, great offenses, great stories. And, I mean, you look at what Bailey Zappi's doing in the NFL, and then you look at their quarterback right now, Austin Reed, third in yardage, fourth in touchdowns. Air Raid, I get it. Yes, they throw the ball a lot more than a lot of these other teams, but still. It's still impressive. There's how many quarterbacks in the NCAA? So for you to be in the top five in both of those is very impressive. UAB's quarterback, half the yardage, third of the touchdowns, a little bit less dynamic. Obviously, Western Kentucky, the Hilltoppers, get the QB nod for me.
0: UAB obviously leans on the ground game a bit more, uh, actually a little bit more yardage rushing than passing. Versus Western Kentucky, where we see them 345 versus 144 passing versus rushing. I think this one's going to be a little bit of a clash of styles. And I think that both teams are pretty good at putting up some points, however they want to get about to it. So I, I think this one's another one that we're going to see be a really good offensive game, a really bit, good shootout. And uh, I'm looking forward to a very tight game. I think that two and a half is, is um, I think as long as UAB doesn't get down early uh, and, and by down, I mean down 14, 18, 21, something like that. I, I think that we'll see a vi- fairly back and forth tight game. And that two and a half is, is going to be pretty, uh, you know, pretty indicative of how this one goes. That said, Give me the Hilltoppers. I just, anytime that you have a team that can put up 73 points in a game and even in their losses is averaging basically four touchdowns, that's going to be a hard team to beat. So I've got Western Kentucky, you going with the Hilltoppers with me, or do you think that that uh, rushing attack from UAB kind of puts a uh, foot down on Western Kentucky?
1: Nope, I'm definitely with you. Uh, I think this is a little bit of a matchup nightmare, too. UAB's defense seems to be a little struggle against the the passing game. So, obviously, with Western Kentucky being very proficient in that, I think that creates a little bit of a a matchup nightmare. Both teams did play Middle Tennessee State about the same. I think Austin Reed's just a better quarterback than what Middle Tennessee State has. So, I think that's going to be the difference maker. Too much firepower. Too much firepower for UAB. I'm actually feeling a little bit good about this game. I would take Western Kentucky. I like the over and I like Western Kentucky to cover.
0: Okay. I don't necessarily think that's a, that's a bad idea. Like I said, I think it's going to be a fairly high scoring game. And as I said, my only concern about the the two teams being really uh, tight on it is of course, if Western Kentucky gets out to a big lead. So I certainly think that West Kentucky has the firepower to cover that two and a half. So I like that pick. So anything else from this uh, early week that you want to highlight or are you ready to say goodbye to this episode already?
1: Yeah, I just feel like this episode just started, but so much good information out here. So I think we can wrap it up there. There's plenty of games for people to watch. This is going to start off even more college football during the week weekend. Watch, 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 watch. I think we are two weeks away from basically football on every single day. Maction should start soon on Tuesdays. Hopefully the Wednesday games continue. I'm pretty sure they do. And I think we're two weeks away from football basically every single day all the way through Thanksgiving. So praise the football lords for that. It's an incredible sport. Obviously, we got to see this last weekend with all the crazy upsets that anything can happen on any given Saturday, which is why you have to watch every Saturday. And if you're not watching, you should at least be listening to us so you know what happened and what's going to happen. And this has been One Jock
0: and One Nerd College Football Talk Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and uh, have a great week. Thanks, everyone.